Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life, and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Ivy Farizan, who is the Chapter Development Assistant and the Western Regional Training Coordinator with YFC Canada. You may remember her. We had her uh, a couple seasons ago chatting about her work. And today we are going to chat about singleness and her journey with that and be able to do some reflection on that season of life. And for her, it's an ongoing season. It's a super rich, meaningful conversation. We know you're going to love it. So scrape off your car, listen to Bud Light Blue by Coffee Anderson because it's kind of a bop. Do whatever you need to do and enjoy today's episode. Well, here's your official welcome back to the Work Friends podcast, Ivy. We, after we had our conversation with you, we were like, we need to have this girl back on and we are going to have some deep <laughs> chat. So thank you for, uh, yeah, being willing to come on for a second round. We're very excited. No problem. I am honored. <laughs> Um, so, so normally when we do these things, we would start off with some fun facts. Uh, but since we did that not that long ago, we're going to do what we did with, uh, Jen and I, when we did episodes recently and that's some current favorites. So I'm just going to ask you what some of your current favorites and, uh, hear what you've been enjoying lately. So, um, what have been your current favorite movies slash TV shows? Oh, so I have been watching a show. I I like period shows I guess I like to escape in them um I like the show called Grandchester it's where this vicar and this chief inspector they pair up and they solve crime and this vicar is someone who is shown to be quite raw and have a lot a lot of feelings and battles internally with his faith and with his values so um I've been enjoying that I also like this British show called, you know, I actually like British shows. So um, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> uh, there's this British show called Taskmaster. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. And you can find most of the episodes on YouTube and um, like under their channel. And they take comedians and popular British actors and things like that, mostly com- comedians, and they have them do tasks and it becomes comedic and they win it's a, like a season they all the same same comedians every season they do tasks through the time they do live tasks they do tasks that have done ahead of time they do team tasks and it is can be quite entertaining um <laughs> i have i have laughed out loud rolled on the floor almost uh been quite funny sometimes things can be a bit crass because they're comedians but um yeah, those I've I've enjoyed. <laughs> Basically, a lot of British period stuff, and then some of the British humor. Not all the British humor, but some of it. Yeah, <laughs> mm, I'm kind of like with you, you and there. Jen could watch some stuff together. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Well, uh, I have a variety of music tastes. I I don't like to just sit with the same thing over and over. So depending what mood I'm in, I will listen to different things. 
usually I seem to tend I tend to gravitate more to the singer songwriter version or singer songwriter. Um, I'll listen to country. I'll listen to jazz. I'll listen to classical. I'll listen to worship. I'll listen to rap. I'll listen to rock. I'll listen to hard rock. I'll listen to pop. Like I'll listen to anything, but I tend to gravitate more towards the kind of eclectic singer songwriter. I also like a good little bluegrass, like kind of something that is different. I like when artists are have their own differences in music. Uh, that mm. each song doesn't sound the same, and I I find that singer songwriter tends to be more so that that in a one album there'll be more more uh, variety of types of songs. Right. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that's where I sit. Ivy, I think oh, we're the same person oh. because I'm you're seeing these things. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> Bring on the British TV shows and all the kinds of music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so fun. That's awesome. This might be a, a show of um, find the differences, spot the differences. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually. Um, and what is your current favorite book or books? Recently, I read a book from a mother-son um, dual authorship called their uh, their author name is Charles Todd. So I've read one of their books recently. I've enjoyed that, and um, I've been starting to read a book called Misreading Scripture Through the Western Eyes. And oh. so um, I didn't get the full title there properly. There's two guys that have written it, and and I have been appreciating it. Uh, I like me a good little uh, Ag- Agatha Christie. I say Gatha because my mom's name is Agatha. So, but um, uh, Agatha Christie, I like a good old uh, Hercule Poirot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, those kinds of. Apparently, I like mysteries. Yeah, <laughs> we're learning. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and current favorite like comfort food or drink. Ooh tea very much I, i'm a i'm a black tea uh, fan and so black tea leaves i mean and i i like tea i've i've discovered that tea is my comfort thing the act of making it the act of sitting and sipping with it, the act of just kind mm. of having in the hands having at the ready that is my that's my comfort thing and um, I know that before we started recording, we were talking about cheese. Cheese is high up there <laughs> for a comfort meal for me. Uh, and, and meat, I would say even sa- sausage. I, I know I'm weird. I, I will fully embrace that. I was uh, back home at Christmas uh, with my parents. I mean, uh, my parents live two provinces away. And so I was visiting them and I was just, I just needed a snack. And so I went to the fridge, got a, a slice of sausage that had been cooked already jabbed my fork in it and just started chomping down as a snack and my dad came into the room and he just started laughing he was like what are you doing I'm like I'm having a snack and it just kind of floored him so those those are comfort food yeah Mm -hmm. awesome yeah Ivy, thank you so much for joining us today. This is like a brand new season. How, Whatever the order is, we're releasing this. This is the first one we're recording for this brand new season. And mm-hmm. um, we're really taking time to pause and to reflect and remember God's goodness and the kind of people and experiences that have changed us. And um, yeah, God's provision throughout, throughout all of it. And 
Today, we really wanted to sit down with you to talk about singleness because Ainsley and I are single. You are also single. You have a few years on us. And Mm. I just think it's so important that we talk about it, not just because like pushing our agenda or um, because single singleness matters too, (laughs) but it really does. And I think, yeah, especially in Christian circles where you know, I, I don't know about for you, but very much so like you get married young, you have kids and, you know, and those are good things, but that isn't how everybody's mm-hmm. life turns out. And so I just mm-hmm. want to thank you. Thank you before we dive into this for your willingness and for your wisdom in um, speaking about this and talking about your own experiences. Um, so thank you. My That's pleasure. like the preamble <laughs> before <laughs> we pleasure. dive in. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll start off here. Why do you think it's important to talk about singleness? Well, because I think it's, um, it isn't talked about much. Uh, mm-hmm. Marriage is, seems to be the focus in society, just not even in Christian circles, just overall, or like coupledom mm-hmm. uh, seems to be, seems to be a focus. And, and, and like you were saying, specifically in, in Christian circles, um, if you've grown up in the Christian um, community, then there is often an expectation, societal, whatever it is, for, for people to get married. That's just what you're going to do mm-hmm. um, or what's desired. And so I think that by us talking about it and being able to say that, no, singleness is okay. Singleness is actually great. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think we will give more freedom and lessen some of the pressure. And, and just give more understanding to those that are not single or are not single anymore or those that are, are young and single, perhaps, if, we, if that's even something that you want to focus on. But that, that it's good and, and that it's something that can be lived in, a lifestyle that can be lived in well and mm. um, doesn't have to be dreaded or feared or whatever other feelings people may have toward it. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Even just there, I feel like you're giving validity to something that a lot of people sort of look at as like maybe a stepping stone or a mistake or like a sad story. And like, I don't look at you and think like, what a sad story. I think like, what a wonderful friend that I, every time (laughs) I talk to him, like what a joy. Um, And just giving that like validity to something that is normal and, mm-hmm. and encourage both culturally and biblically and should be more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank you just for <laughs> even that. Um, we, we want to start and just kind of ask you a little bit about your story in all of this. I mean, we talked about it very, very briefly mm-hmm. um, in our, our last episode, but just maybe just tell us about your singleness story or your singleness journey. Sure. Sure. So uh, I have been single all my life. I have not ever been in a dating relationship. Um, I've been rarely pursued by someone for a dating relationship. And um, growing up, um, I think like any young girl, um, yeah, I had the desires or the thoughts. I don't know about desire, if desire was really there, because I don't know if I would have desired it when I was young. But I had the thoughts of getting married. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to get married right away. Uh, I don't have time for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wanted to do college. I wanted to do, get some stuff, so I didn't have time for it. And then I thought, oh, you know, well, maybe if I get married, then I'd like to be married by 30. 
um, married and at least pregnant with my first child by 30. That had been like mm-hmm. something in my head. And I, I, it wasn't a dr- I don't think it was a dream. It was just an idea. Um, mm-hmm. 30 approaches and comes and goes. And I realized, and somewhere along uh, just before 30, there was a shift in my brain from, no, I don't want that right now to, oh, it's probably never going to happen. And that's okay. So mm-hmm. I find it very interesting. There wasn't a journey I went through. There was just some, suddenly there was just a shift internally uh, as to my my perspective or my thoughts on singleness. Um, I'm not going to say that I, I like I've, it's not that I've never wanted to be married. I've been open to it, but it hasn't ever been a like deep desire to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, getting married. Sure. I, I, I would probably love it, <laughs> but I'm also, I'm not pursuing it either. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it happens, I'm also okay with that. Um, which I think has been a really neat space for me to be able to be in. Yeah. I've, I've been on, like, I've never dated. I would say I've been on one date in my life. Uh, I had, at one point, I had somebody who was interested in me and I wasn't interested in them. And, and I have to also say, I also have very high expectations when it comes to a potential partner. And so I'm not settling. I'm not settling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not just going to jump into stuff. And I put the the relationship or the act of dating or the process of dating and, and moving towards marriage very seriously. And so I'm not going to intentionally string anybody along if I know it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm a bit unique that way, but I'm not going to settle because marriage to me is very important and it needs to be seriously thought about approached and all those things anyway so so I've been on some dates I had someone who was who was interested in me um <laughs> you could choose to keep this or not but I, <laughs> I remember that there was a time that this someone who was interested in me um and I wasn't with this uh, I, didn't, I didn't return the feelings um this person sent me a letter and uh how I received that letter was that it, this person essentially told me I was good marriage material didn't use those words specifically, but very close to those words. And my top, like I got pissed. I got frustrated. I got so upset. <laughs> um, gracious father, I called my dad just so frustrated. And he helped me <laughs> respond to this person well. But I, it just, um, just all that to say is that I, I hold marriage and coupledom so reverently and seriously mm-hmm that I have chosen to not treat it lightly and that if it's going to happen, it'll be serious and carefully done. Um, and so that, it just means that, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been single all my life. And so that has just been my journey. I'm now in my early forties and uh, I know I still have a lot of life left in, in, in me. And, and if so, if it happens still, I'm open to it. Um, but at this point, I'm not pursuing it. I have considered, I've considered doing online dating. Um, but then I've told myself, I don't have the energy or capacity or the desire for that fully to pursue it. So I'm not going to play with that mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not going to string people along. So I haven't. And so that's been, that's been my journey. Hmm.
One thing I wanted to also share about of, of how I've received some comments about singleness or me being single mm-hmm. from others. Uh, and I'm guessing that anybody who's single has male or female has received the, the question or the response of why aren't you married or comments similar to that effect. Mm-hmm. And I have chosen to not take that as an offense I have actually chosen to look past that statement as to why they're saying it. And I've found that the people that are saying it are married and are in a good relationship. Mm. And those people desire that for me. So I find that quite honoring and special. Mm. Um, So I'm choosing to take that statement, not as an offensive statement. Now, granted, I'm not, my story is that I'm not in a space where I'm sensitive about my singleness um, or insecure about it or whatever it would be. Um, so then I think I'm a little bit more open to receiving that statement in a, in a bit more of a gracious way. And I've also seen it as a compliment to who I am because there's, they view me as an amazing woman and they're going, how has nobody recognized this? Mm. Um, even though their approach to it, I believe, is, um, how would I say this? They're coming from it as saying, well, you're so good that someone should have caught you up already, right? But it's not about that someone should have. It's it's about the fact that they're saying, I'm an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going right, to take that right. and I'm going to own that because I am an amazing woman. God made me to be an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's just what I've chosen to, I know that those statements can be very hurtful, but I've chosen to not take them as such. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good thought there and a good challenge mm-hmm. and encouragement. Cause I have been on the receiving end of those comments and I think I've grown, but there's definitely mm-hmm. been times where my mind automatically like, I'm fine just with me. Like, I don't need somebody to complete me. Like I jump there. And so, yes, this is, yeah, it's, it's good to hear, to pause and to hear kind of the thought process and ask like, why are they asking me that question? Like, that's really helpful for me to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. As you, again, I'm curious with the whole, and again, your experience is different than my experience than it is, right. Ainsley's experience than it is um, with uh, other people's. And so what has, if there has been things that you've needed to grieve over the years when it comes specifically with singleness? I don't know if I've ever had to grieve per se. Um, I've definitely had to accept, but I don't know if, if I would have responded to things in as much in as much emotion to have to grieve, mm-hmm. um, so I'll use the word accepting. Now, now I think just because of my character and someone else's character, grieving might be the more appropriate word than accepting. So maybe mm-hmm. in this context, use the same use the same words. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I'll use the word accept. Um, you know, I'm, I'm growing older. I'm watching my friends and my siblings, many of them, 
having their own families, their children, those kind. they have a spouse. And I think about the future. I think about when I eventually will need to be cared for, when mm-hmm. I will need to be supported a lot more than, than I am. Um, there is a natural um, <laughs> I'm thinking of database. That's not the word. There's a natural, naturally children would maybe step into those spaces or a spouse. And right. um, for someone who's single, who doesn't have kids. So I'm someone who doesn't have kids either. Um, for someone who is single and doesn't have kids, that concept or that idea can be worrisome and Mm -hmm. so I've just had to say you know what I it will be what it will be God will God will have me he's got me Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I can just sit back like I just need to give my worries to him on that regard um but perhaps like there will be people in my life. Uh, you know, I've got nieces and nephews. Perhaps I can build relationship with them and they would be willing to step in and help in that area mm. once it gets to that point. Maybe there'll be peers that will maybe slight, be slightly younger or near me that could help in some ways too. Like there'll be, it's just think outside the box. Um, so that is something I've had to accept. And maybe there's a bit of grieving in that, but that is something I have to remind myself continually that God is in control. It'll be okay. I've also had to accept the fact and sometimes it's sad in me and it makes decisions harder but sometimes making bigger decisions I miss having someone who will share the load mm-hmm. as natural as a, as a as a spouse would um I think about a kitchen rental that I did a few years ago there were times that I just thought I just wish I could share this decision with somebody that I could just pass mm-hmm. that decision on and just say, you know what? I don't care about this. You make that decision. Um, so there are times that I wish for that uh, because I'm just going, I'm just the, the load of decision or responsibility is a bit heavier. And I would like someone to help carry that in a way that I imagine um, a spouse would be able to do or would naturally do. So, mm. so those are some things that I've, I've uh, just kind of have to learn to accept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because I haven't had that desire to have kids that uh, internally, I haven't had to grieve not having children. Mm-hmm. And so I know for some people that are single, that might be something they have to grieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm thankful that that isn't something that I've had to grieve. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm thankful that that's something that I haven't had to grieve, but I recognize for some people that might be the thing. Mm-hmm. No, but again, like obviously everybody's journey and experience in general is different, but I think it's really, I'm really thankful that you're sharing about your experience because, and again, I don't know if this is like, I, I think maybe sometimes people assume that everybody wants to get married or everybody wants, right. has that desire to have kids. Right. And so for you to share that, like you're very much open to both, mm-hmm. um, but not yeah, it's been an, a process of accepting, maybe not necessarily grieving is really mm-hmm. eye-opening. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you because it's a, yeah, everybody's experiencing this in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to go back to what Ainsley asked. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, again, I it's interesting because you're I, I don't know that I pictured what I knew you were going to say necessarily at all. But it's interesting because some of the things you're talking about, I find are really enlightening and things that I wouldn't necessarily think about, which is interesting. Like you said, talking to people that are at different parts of life mm. and things that come up that way, which I think is maybe kind of where that that comes from, too. So, um, yeah, no, thanks for for sharing that. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about community and something that you've mentioned is that sort of your needs for community or how that's that's happened has been different over the years. Um, and I know, you know, potentially the distance from your family has played into that. I'm not sure exactly, but, um, can you just talk a little bit about that? You know, how have you cultivated community? How have your needs around that change? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So my needs for community have changed, um, have changed over time and how do I cultivate community, um, has maybe changed over time, but, but I'll start with first how I cultivate with my community and then how things have shifted over, over me growing older over Mm -hmm. time. So I I just have to be intentional. That is really a word that sums everything up for how I cultivate community because so not only am I single, but I'm single and away from family in a bit in enough distance that it's not easy to get together. So um, so I'm in Alberta, my family's in Manitoba, all the rest of them. And so I've had to cultivate cultivate a community for myself where I'm at. Um, and people have to do this wherever you go, whether you're single, married, whatever situation is. But so I need to be intentional. And what I have, what has worked for me is that I have a few close people in my life. And then there's, the, you know, there's spheres of closer and, and less close and, and that kind of thing. But the really close people in my life, I'm intentional with them. And so I'm reaching out to them when I need something or even just to shoot the breeze. Um, and, and they will, the reason why they're so close to is that they will also then reach out to me. And Mm -hmm. so it's being intentional in those relations and, and pushing against some of what I might want to just, um, be unmotivational on. So I need to make sure that I'm making a phone call or doing a text or, or um, doing a coffee date, or I do things like, hey, buddy, would you like to go grocery shopping with me? Mm. So doing errands together, that becomes community, has become a natural community for myself and, and, and a friend. So I've had some, I have some close friends that have been single for a long period of time too. And so they've been single for a lot of the time that I've been single. And so we have started that together and some of it we've continued as they've um, become married or, or, or part of a couple or moved or children. So doing the little things together is important to me. Mm-hmm. At least that is what's worked for me. But also doing the big things. So I make sure that I am, because I don't naturally have that person in my life that I can bounce things off of, especially for big decisions. Mm-hmm. or that I can vent with I have to I do that with other people and so then if for example I want to buy my house or if I want to make a big purchase decision or just a big life decision um, jobs those kinds of things I make sure that I reach out to a few select close people so I can do that bouncing off of with somebody I think that's important so that I'm not just sitting in my own head mm-hmm so it's just being intentional. 
So that's how I build community and how it's shifted over time. So when I was younger, I found I needed a lot more community, like a lot more um, interaction, a lot more um, verbal interaction, being in, in, present in person with each other. And as I've grown older, I've become more, I've noticed that I've become more content with being by myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that might naturally come in some ways as you get older. I don't know. This is my experience. Mm-hmm. So I can only speak from that. And so then I'm not needing as many interactions. I'm not needing as many people to be a part of it. So so I've just naturally, um, there's just more gaps in relationships and mm-hmm. not negative gaps. Just, just naturally things are filtered to the fact that I just don't need as many interactions with with people Mm -hmm. and I've also learned like something for me for when it comes to community so there are people I think I would imagine and there are times that I felt it myself that I felt lonely Mm -hmm. and I think anybody can feel that but if if I'm single and and I I I have a roommate so that helps for me because I've learned as, as my characteristic I need somebody else in the in the in the in the house but I, I want to challenge people to say some of your loneliness, you can change. Mm. Um, you can control some of that. So um, waiting for people to reach out to you is not always the best thing. You need to make the effort. You need to be, you need to initiate, initiate as well. And so you don't have to be lonely as a single person. Mm-hmm. There's ways to not be lonely. Um, so that's, a, that's something that I've, I've had to be careful with. Um, I don't get lonely often. I'm somebody who doesn't need much. But when I sense the lonely bug, I need to make sure that I'm reaching out and not sitting in it, not wallowing in it. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I wonder if we could talk about church for a hot minute. Because, I, again, church, faith is very important in all of our lives. Um Potentially, you could even say central to everything that we do. Um, And church is a part of that, church family, church community. And so how has that been for you as you've navigated um, finding a church home when you moved over to um, from Manitoba to Alberta? And then Mm -hmm. what has it been like to do life with your church family, especially, too, because you are a missionary. You work at at YFC. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, shed some light on that. Sure. The church, so when I was younger, and the church that I, um, I still go to the same church that I did when I moved to Alberta. And at that time, that church had a, a number of peers f- for me uh, that were single. And so we had a college and career group, young adults, whatever you want to call it. And so that was very helpful for, for me. And a lot of us were single at the time. So, and, and a unique thing was that in my church community and that young adults, a lot of my peers actually had moved to Calgary from somewhere. Mm. So, so there was a lot of natural connection that we had. And so, so then I, it was very helpful to connect with them. And there wasn't, I personally never felt the pressure to, to, to find one of them attractive and, and pursue marriage with them. Like so many young adults groups seem to be like single groups, you know, like, yeah. um, and I don't <laughs> think they're always intended to be that way, but I didn't get that feeling. So, so I can be naive. So maybe there was some of that, but I, <laughs> I didn't have that. Um, at least not my perspective. So that was very helpful for me uh, in right. the church. So 
and then I just, you know, I'd watch as, as they, some of them would get married and start having kids or move away uh, for job reasons or whatever it would be as what happens with young adults. You're, you're figuring yourself out, you're landing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed now as time goes by and where I'm at now is that the majority of my peers are married and have kids and they have different lifestyles. They're just different priorities, different spaces. And I have found in, in my church, there's not a lot. Well, there's some that are my age, but there, there, it seems like the gap is a bit bigger mm. between right. lifestyles. I don't feel bad about that, but I am starting to f- see that as a, as a single professional woman, there's more gaps in the church community as in gaps as in um, there's not a lot of people like me mm-hmm. in my life situation, mm-hmm. in my life situation. It's not that I'm not friends mm-hmm. with them. I can't hang out with them, but I'm just finding that there's, it's just that natural different priorities. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I'm still processing through what that means for me now because I'm realizing more of that and and going, okay, so do I actually need to connect with people more in my scenario? Mm. Because I am feeling a bit bit left out. Not as left out as in, please include me, but left out as in, I'm just not in that circle. I'm just on the, on the on the outside of the circle. Not that it's wrong. Not that I feel bad about it. That's just scenario. It's like fact. It's the fact, factual fact mm-hmm. approach. Um, so yeah, I'm in the process of figuring that out. As in, what is what does it mean to me? What do I need? Um, do I need anything from this? Uh, and and if so, what what is my part in it? Um, it does feel sometimes a bit lonely in that space. But I don't have hard feelings towards people mm. about because of the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is very encouraging for me, again, to like sit with you and to talk about your experiences. And again, like you talking about loneliness and yeah, like you don't have any ill feelings towards and just trying to figure out like, what do you need now in this season? Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. like I just see God's grace and goodness in all of it, like his grace and his goodness for everybody. But I hear that in your story that, um yeah that he continues to walk with you and walk with us as we figure those things out and it's not like mm-hmm. you need to do this this way exactly like that right like everybody everybody yeah. is different so yeah thank you for sharing that and again for me it's a good reminder of like i'm not alone and <laughs> it's okay to like the struggle and the wrestle is is welcomed in that um so thank you talking with church, like, again, like peers and community and like marriage and all those things. Um, What do you think are some misconceptions about singleness? And and maybe what do you, um, what would you hope married people would know about singleness? Yeah, this is a question where I feel like there'd be some married people going, no, no, respond to what I'm going to say. So I'm just going to say things. Um, uh, From, from, from a single viewing marriage. (laughs) This is what I see Mm -hmm. having never been married. Mm -hmm. Um, That 
or, and I hear comments, this, it's this, 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 the, the snide, not the snide, just the comments that, that society makes, um, that singles are, you know, it's easy to be single. It's carefree. You have freedom. The way society views that or thinks of that is, I think, less than what it is. It's not correct mm-hmm. for the most part. And I want to, I present that, that marriage and people that are married and people that are single, we have the same struggles, the same issues, but they look a little different or they're experienced a little different. Mm. We have heavy decisions to make. We have heavy responsibility as well. We may not be carrying or, or we not, we may not be caring for and raising a child. That's a lot of responsibility. But we have other responsibilities in our life that for us are heavy. Um, we, we may have a certain amount of freedom to do things because our schedule may naturally be more available because we don't have to go home to a family or family members that we need to care for or invest in. But we still have people that we need to care for and invest in. Mm-hmm. So we... It may look like we have a lot of time and freedom, but we don't if we are doing singleness well. Mm. Um, and so, so I think that, yeah, I would say that those are mis- misconceptions. Like everybody can take our situation for granted. I can take my singleness for granted. Um, I think somebody who's in a relationship can take their relationship for granted. Mm. So I think it's... Um, it's just, we have the same struggles. Uh, it just will look different. It has a different lens. It has a different a different look. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to be careful as singles to not minimize or get frustrated at people that are married and having their struggles. And in, in return, I would like people that are married to not forget or to not overlook that me as a single person will also have the same feelings hmm. as they do mm-hmm. about things. It may seem trivial on both ends. It may seem trivial, but it isn't trivial right. for that person. And singleness is not better or less. I think that's very much like what society says, or maybe somebody who's, sing- who's married might go, oh, when I was single, I was able to do this and this and this. And mm-hmm. so now like, I feel like whether they're, they're, whatever their situation they're experiencing as a married person, they might view singleness as better or less. Um, it's not the case. And I could view marriage as better or less, but it's not the case. Singleness is not better or less. It's just Mm -hmm. a different story. Yeah, I think that like um, you touched on something that I would say like maybe this is like not, sometimes this conversation is raw for people. It's maybe a little less raw for me, at least at this current time Mm -hmm. of life. But something that I have struggled with that I have experienced with people is like an invalidation of my life in a sense of like, particularly Mm -hmm. when it comes to being busy. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've told someone like, how's your week? I'm like, yeah, it's been really good. It's been really full and busy. And they just immediately say, oh, well, you know, I wish I could be as busy as I thought I was when I was single. And like there takes everything that I find meaningful and saying it doesn't matter. Um, 
or, and I think this is less so as I've continued working, but sometimes I think people would invalidate even like my work at YFC, mm-hmm. um, in, in sort of, this is like pre-marriage fun, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you're getting to have your fun now. Um, and I don't know, like, and I say that with grace, cause I don't actually think that people just understand what they say when they say that. Yeah. Um, so I don't like take it to heart too much. But I think I've had to really wrestle with that. And I think sometimes even communicate like, yeah, like I don't have kids, but I work four nights a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're not the same, but they're also, it, it doesn't invalidate. We don't, like my yeah. busyness doesn't invalidate yours. Your kid busyness doesn't invalidate mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that I enlighten people. And I think I sometimes tell people that like, just like, oh, but you know, when you say that, it kind of comes across this way. And people almost, like you said, you almost have to give that benefit of the doubt because nobody said that with any intention to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Um, But understanding that, like, I don't want my life in singleness to not mean anything Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like it's meaningless. Um, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of um, how how we as singles respond to comments to us related to that would invalidate our, our, our singleness, whether it's Mm -hmm. busyness, whether it's why aren't you married, whether, whatever those comments are, Mm -hmm. I think a picture and how we view our singleness and how we are with our singleness will, will be how we respond to those statements or questions that just come out of, societal statements they're just said people don't realize what they're truly saying and like I've had I've had to learn to be content with it I've had to sort of say embrace my singleness and and when I say embrace it that just means that I'm not you know I'm leaning into it I'm not pining for and wishing for something else in Mm -hmm. the moment or you could go so far as to say that I'm not coveting something um I I am choosing to say this is my situation. I may have dreams to get married. Like maybe somebody has a dream or a desire to get married or a desire to have kids. But if I'm still not content to be single now, um, and 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 if I'm looking too far in the future, then I'm gonna receive I'm gonna be more raw in receiving statements or comments, or even just looking at myself and my own insecurities or confidences about being single and just doing life single as a single, like having to make those decisions yourself, doing a kitchen rental by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm considering, I'm considering buying a, a car, another vehicle, um, like those bigger decisions that, that you just end up having to make that. Um, I, I think that if I wasn't as confident in who I am in my singleness, if I'm not enjoying my singleness, mm. then I'm not going to be able to do life well. And, and life just becomes miserable. Mm-hmm. And I think, though, too, then if I was somebody who desired marriage and I didn't get it and I was I put all my you know eggs in the basket of looking too much in the future for marriage. Um, and didn't get it. Then. I would just be devastated and there'd be far more grieving that I'd have to do at some point. Um, But also that I suspect if I'm not okay with who I am and and marriage comes to me, 
and and all that that kind of marriage is on the table and i'm i'm choosing to move that direction if i'm still not okay with who i am and my identity mm-hmm. as a person then i'm not going to be okay in my marriage as a person and so i think all of that to say that that how we receive as as singles or even as marriage for other comments whatever but how mm-hmm. we receive comments that that kind of attack or undermine or invalidate our identity or who we are um they will respond to them according to how we are with our own selves. Mm. Yeah. Dang, Ivy. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, you have some really deep wisdom that I'm really appreciating. Mm. Um, so thank you for just that. Um, and I think this is a nice way to even kind of just spin things from the other side because mm-hmm. um, there's difficulties, there's misconceptions, there's yeah. awkward, even just awkwardness in conversation sometimes. I yeah. think sometimes we like have the underrated awkwardness yeah. uh, that sometimes it takes to speak up or say something or like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you say have been some of the good and rich, awesome mm-hmm. gifts that you've received from singleness? Oh, uh, I, I would say that, that, um, learning because people let us down. So learning, learning that, uh, I have to say that God is enough, that Jesus is enough. Mm -hmm. Um, like in the lonely moments or whatever it would be in the moments that nobody actually is able to connect with you and you are lonely. What are you going to do with that? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with that? Um, and so I've had to learn that Jesus is enough and that it's okay to just actually to have nobody available. So that has been a gift. It, it might sound negative, but it is, I think it's a gift because I think perhaps um, me as a single has have been able to learn that concept that Jesus is enough, maybe a little easier than someone else who has a partner perhaps because then perhaps somebody who has a partner might get more easier distracted that there's a person right there who I can lean on instead of God Mm -hmm. um I mean I kind of as a single too I can then just pick up the phone and talk to somebody else instead of talk to God but but I think that that has been a gift that I've I've been able to to learn that Mm -hmm. and lean into that Jesus Jesus is enough God's enough for me um, I mean, I constantly have to ask that question, but um, another beautiful gift that I have is related to my family. I am so thankful that I have a family that is a very loving family, and I would say a healthy family. And the beautiful relationship that I have with my parents as a single person, mm. and that I have with my my brothers and their families as a single person, I get the unique unique ability to observe their life in a way that I don't think a married person gets an opportunity to very much. Right. Um, and it helps that I'm also provinces away because when I do go visit, I, if I'm not staying like in a hotel or something, I'm staying at someone's house. So you definitely get to see them in a different light. <laughs> but, but that is the beauty of it for, for, for my scenario is that when I go back to Manitoba, I'm often staying with my parents. And so then what, uh, an intense 24-7 opportunity to see my parents. And I've been able to see my parents 
do things that I don't know if my brothers have seen. Mm. Um, I've been able to observe my parents. And oh, like if we travel too, let's say I'm traveling with my parents, I get to stay in the same room as them. So I see things that as a married person, I don't know if I would have had the opportunity. I get to mm. see the amazing example my parents do um, regarding their relationship with God and their time with God. I know that early in the morning they get up, they do their individual devotions, and then they come together for breakfast and they have together devotions at breakfast. As a married person, would I see that if I'm not mm. staying with them? Um, when I travel with them, I get to be in the same room. So before we all shut off the lights, they pray together. I get to see that as a single woman or as a single person. I get to see that. Mm. Um, I get to be in their space for 24 hours. Or same thing with my siblings. If I'm going to be staying with them, I get to have that same experience. I get to intimately see what's happening in their lives because it's just me in their space instead of me being distracted and having everybody else with me in their space. Mm. Mm. And another beautiful thing has been that, um, that I get to visit them um, a lot more easier. Here's a bit of where that carefree freedom might be, but I get, the privilege to be able to go visit them a lot easier than if I had a family because financially uh, it's just me. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, um, schedule wise, I don't have to think of other people except for me and them. Um, so that is beautiful. And I think about like I had uh, my oldest brother and his family. Um, he started his family, but my oldest brother and his family were in Massachusetts for a number of years while he was doing his doctorate. And I was able to go visit him once a year. And that was something that I said, this is a, this is what I want to do. It gives me opportunity for vacation. But that is a beautiful thing that I was able to do. And I think it's mostly because I was single, part of mm -hmm. my priorities too. But those beautiful things, I, I'm so honored, honored by. Yeah. Mm, that's really beautiful, Ivy. Like it really is like, again, this whole season we're being intentional and pausing and reflecting and remembering, but mm. again, like God's goodness and grace in every season and, and every circumstance, but to hear you express your gratitude for the things that you just mentioned is, it's just so beautiful. Again, like seeing beyond the misconceptions, seeing beyond, you know, like choosing not to be lonely and finding deep joy in, mm. in your singleness um, deep community and rich relationships. And, and the, yeah, I just, yeah, your relationship with your parents is, is just a good gift. Like, yeah, I just see God's grace and goodness all over it. Um, mm. what has singleness taught you maybe in general? I mean, like we've been, we've been talking about this for the last 50 minutes or so, but, <laughs> um, have there been specific lessons or things that you've learned because of your singleness? Mm -hmm. I would say that I've learned to be confident. Mm. I don't know how confident, how my confidence level would have been if I, I was with a different, or had a partner, had a, was married. I don't know that. I can't say what that is. But I know that because I'm single and I've had to do things on my own, um, I've had to learn to grow confidence or be confident and independent. There are things that I, I just, I just don't want to do. I know full well I could do them. I could learn to do them. It wouldn't be that hard. But when I don't 
when I call somebody to do it is either I just don't have the knowledge to be able to do something or the physicality to do something. Or it's just that I want somebody else to do that just because I just don't <laughs> I have like <laughs> enough responsibility. But um, so I would say that the, when I thought of this question, then I would say the two biggest things I think I've learned is confidence and independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Um, this could potentially have to do with signals, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Um, this season we're talking about, well, seasons essentially, um, different phases and stages of life and the things that we go through and looking back and reflecting and all of that. Um, but we would love to ask this question and that is, how is God forming you in this season? Hmm. Well, I think it's, um, it has been the continued question of, is Jesus enough? So when in this season, when I have felt, um, I have, well, naturally been segregated by pe- from people a bit more often, it like in person and stuff, and yeah. also feeling segregated, not always when I am physically segregated, but feeling segregated, mm-hmm. uh, I've definitely had to learn to, to rely on on God. So the question of, am I enough? Um, instead of, instead of relying on people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is something that I think I, I, I often take for granted. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to be something I will constantly have to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And as I keep learning, hopefully I will have to, to learn less and less about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is something that I, I, I think for this season, God has been saying, okay, so what, am I enough? What about me is it that you're going to lean into instead of seek others to fill that gap? Mm. Yeah. Hard, but good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Um. So for me, I was going to share some, what my best advice is. And uh, I think the best piece of advice I've been given is, is I would echo what my, what I had said the last time that um, don't wait in your singleness. Don't, don't wait. Don't wait to do something that you feel God is leading you to just because you feel that you, that someone else should come alongside you in that way of, Mm -hmm. of, of a partner of, of a husband or wife. Um, cause if God's leading you, he will provide, and it will be exactly what you're supposed to do. And perhaps you just reach out and use, uh, um, the assistance of other people and have other people come alongside you. So don't wait mm. just because you're single. Um, if that is what God is truly calling you to, but something that I would say that I would like all singles to, um, to know is that, that I believe that if I'm not I'm not happy as a single and if I'm not happy with being a single I won't truly be able to be happy in anything else in my life mm-hmm. and I wonder if that happiness that joy or the lack thereof or the struggle with it let's say just say the struggle with it mm. I wonder if that struggle would indicate that perhaps we're leaning on people to do the job that Jesus is supposed to do for us 
Hmm. I'm not going to say that's the blanket answer, but perhaps that's part of why we're not content. And I, and, and maybe God does have someone in mind for us to be, to become married and, and to move that direction. And that's why we're not content or that's why we're not moving to, but, but perhaps there's more to it. Yeah. The final mic drop. Holy cats. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that's so good. That's, I'm so glad that you, I, again, I was during our conversation, I'm like, Ooh, I want to ask her like what she would tell people who are single. Um, Yeah. But I clearly forgot. So thank you for for saying that. That's so <laughs> good. Yeah, Ivy. I feel like we could chat. I mean, I think we could chat in general for a very long time. Yes. But specifically about singleness and life and Jesus and community and grieving and accepting and all those things. Um, this has been such a rich conversation. So thank you for again for your wisdom and for your willingness to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you too for just your encouragement and the truth that you have brought. To this conversation because it goes so much beyond just like oh just wait and once you get married then everything oh. will be fine that's not yeah. that's not it right yeah, and so exactly yeah thank you so much for sharing a bit uh, more of your story we are so thankful for you and what you do and for your friendship and again hopefully sooner mm. than later we will be able to see each other in person <laughs> yeah well thank you this has been a joy mm. and it's been t- fun yeah <laughs> we'll have to do an ivy round three sometime talk about british tv there you go yes, yes. exactly uh. thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed it as much as we did we have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you won't want to miss so make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using and you can follow us on instagram and facebook at just work friends if you're enjoying the podcast feel free to give it a review so we can see what you're enjoying and it helps us out a lot so until next time stuck in my head <laughs> have a great week everyone <laughs> i can't help it